Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Pillars of Faith podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Branch. Today, we are going to be talking about two very significant things that took place. We'll start with the earthquake in Turkey, and then we are going to be talking about a little bit of breaking news. So let's start with Turkey. First, I want to say that I I had to take some time with this particular event because even with as much as I study prophecy, it doesn't change the potency of these things when they happen. I mean, these things are always... Um, they're always heavy on the spirit. When we pray for, for people who are suffering, it's oftentimes referred to as intercessory when we feel the weight of it on our spirit and we're praying to God. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I, what I was experiencing for a, a little, little bit over a day, but I know I had to, I had to get back to, you know, looking at things and really, you know, watching for the move of God, because we are living in the last days. We are at the end times. Um, we are nearing the end of the church age. So one of my strongest callings is to be aware of these things as they're taking place and as God is moving and conveying those things as the Holy Spirit releases me to do so. So I'm I was so grateful and and so blessed to be able to see the response from people all around the world going to Turkey to help these people out. It's such a tragedy what took place and um one of the first things that I think about when I think about Turkey is as I do with with everybody is do they know Jesus and if they don't know Jesus I hope and I pray that they that they know Jesus that they come to a saving knowledge of Christ because it's in Christ that we find everlasting life it's in in Christ that we find righteousness it's in Christ that we get the blueprint of how to live this life in a way that is good and righteous and holy and and true and that is something that we should all be searching after and seeking seeking for so with turkey i mean i like i said i it took it took a couple of days for me to kind of get my bearings straight afterwards because i had such a heavy burden on my spirit like i said that's usually an, an intercessory kind of call which is very common when it comes to tragedies like this um so I've been watching and and I'm so encouraged by the international response. I know that there's been some contentions in some some of the countries that are responding to the events. I mean, we have to remember that these are that these are dominant Arab nations, and sometimes when we have the that presence in an area when we also see Israel or Christians involved in trying to help, it can be a little bit contentious because we have to, we have to remember that this all, this is all through the lens of different religious backgrounds. So a lot of the Arab nations come from a different religious background than, than a nation like Israel or um, like what you would be familiar with seeing with Christianity um, so that's where some contentious contentions have come into play, but there's something, um, that I wanted to talk about regarding the, 
the prophetic things that I'm seeing inside of this event. The first one is um, some drone footage that I saw come out where the land is literally split. And I'm not talking about like a small division. I'm talking about a huge divide by like hundreds of feet. It's split apart. And not in just not just in any area. Now there may be other other videos that come out, but as of the recording of this message, the video that I saw was an olive field. It was it was olive trees that were planted. It was a whole field of olive trees, and it was literally split apart. And if you're familiar with prophecy, or even if you're not, um, you should know that olive trees represent. It, re it represents the Holy Spirit, but the olive branch specifically is tied to the nation of Israel. So when I saw that, I I looked at that and I was like, oh, I think I think that this is I think that this is a sign that that there's going to be an even even greater division between Turkey and Israel that we're going to see soon, and that makes complete sense when you look at prophecy. Because Ezekiel 38 and the pillars of the Ezekiel 38 prophecy are Russia, Iran, and Turkey. So I know some people look at that and they're like, well, how would that actually happen? Because Turkey's part of NATO. And we all know what's going on between Russia and NATO right now. But I think that, I think what's going to happen is after, after this, um, these rescue efforts have concluded and the cleanup efforts begin and... Turkey comes into a place of a little bit of, um, a little bit of, well, as much normalcy as they can get right now. I think what you're going to see is Turkey is going to contend with themselves and they're going to be asking the question, what future alliance do I want? And I think it's at that point that we may very well see Turkey depart from NATO and side with Russia. As I said, Ezekiel 38 prophesies this, that that Turkey will be part of the Gog of Magog alliance, and Gog is the leader of Russia. Magog is the land that Russia um, has, right? So it's, it's the Russian land territory. But there's no mistaking the fact that Turkey is part of that prophecy. So I think that that's, that's what you're going to see next. You're going to see Turkey come to a place where they, they, they're like, okay, I just, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm sorry, I just saw a military plane fly over my house. That is the first time I have seen a military plane fly over my house. Whoa. Whoa. I don't, I don't, I, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Breaking news. You're hearing it first. Um, Sorry, so back to Turkey. Yeah, so I do think that what you're going to see is you're going to see that that definite like Turkey taking the side of Russia. They're going to go into that tighter alliance with Russia, Iran, and uh, and Syria is going to play a part in all of that as well. And on on that note, Sudan has actually been um, coming into the news a little bit more and it's in it's in the context of the Ezekiel 38 alliance. So that's something that's very interesting that we should keep our eyes on as well. But it's so it's so prophetic. It's such a prophetic uh uh image to see that olive tree field split apart like that. I think it's totally prophetic. 
um, in terms of showing what's what's about to take place between Turkey and Israel. There's going to be a greater divide between Turkey and Israel as Turkey comes into that Ezekiel 38 alliance. Now, the other thing that I wanted to note here is that uh, the last time that Earth, uh, the the Turkey experienced an earthquake that caused this kind of devastation was in 1939. Now, when I heard that date, I was like, "Wait a second! I think, I think that's that's World War when World War II began." So I did a, a search, and that's exactly what came back: that World War II did indeed begin. In 1939, and more specifically, it was September 1st of 1939. When we look at prophetic parallels, that is precisely the kind of thing that we're looking for. And when you you can tell when God is actually when God's confirming something, because He'll give you He'll give you additional confirmation of the same thing that that the Holy Spirit is showing you. So He'll speak to you in more than one way. He'll He'll move in more in more than one way, but it'll be pointing you to the same thing. And with what's taking place all over the world right now, with all of these end time signs, and with this division that's coming into play between between Turkey and and Israel, I think that um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's a prophetic parallel here. I, I'm, I'm not predicting anything in terms of, of the next war. What I will say is that there are some people who are, are saying that we're already in World War III. There's other people that are saying, no, not yet. I mean, usually in these kinds of situations, history or who writes history is the one who determines that. But, but Jesus said that we should know the signs and the seasons of his return. And in the book of Revelation, it's specifically mentions Armageddon and Armageddon is a global conflict so it's it's very noteworthy here that that everything is pointing in the same direction um and I I like I said I do believe that there's a prophetic marker in here a prophetic parallel that is pointing us to that like the same kinds of things that we saw as precursors in a different time are now starting to manifest in our time that's how prophecy works. That's how God works through prophecy. Prophecy is not, prophecy works inside of time, but it works outside of time. So I know that that might sound a little weird, but when you look at the nature of prophecy, prophecy stems from the throne of God. It's, it's God himself, right? So we know that God created the timeline of human history, or I mean, maybe, or perhaps those of you listening may not know, God literally created the timeline of history. So this time that we are living in is appointed times. There are appointed seasons. And it's all under the control of God. But God is not subject to the constraints of time. God is outside of time. He created the timeline. So the nature of God is prophetic. Absolutely, like, profoundly prophetic. So... That's the reason why prophecy works outside of time. It literally exists outside of time. So, but then we start to see how it's it starts to apply itself inside of time. That's the reason why you see some prophecies in the scriptures that are, um, you know, prophecies that took four hundred years to fully manifest, or or with the Ezekiel thirty eight prophecy that's more like two thousand six hundred years. 
for that prophecy to to actually come to pass. Now, out of all of the prophecies in the Bible, and there are many, out of all of the prophecies in the Bible, there's only 500 left to fulfill, and they are all end-time prophecies. And we're seeing the signs of those. So what, what I, I mean, what I see inside of this is God speaking, and he's pointing us in the, in the same direction. All of that points to the end times. So I hope that um, I hope that that's been a blessing to you, and I can talk further about these kinds of things. I love prophecy. <laughs> I study prophecy. I am so encouraged by what it is, um, where it is that we stand on the timeline of history, because all of it's pointing to the return of Christ, and I I I just I long for that day with such expectancy inside of my heart, but I know. I, I want people to know him too, because it's such, uh, there's, there's nothing in your life that can ever compare to knowing Christ. The relationship is, is beyond blessed. And it is just, it is, it is the, I mean, it's the best, it is the best thing that we could ever hope for or ask for. It's such a, a rewarding relationship. And it's, it's a relationship that is built on all of the correct foundations. It, it's, if you don't know Jesus, it's worth it to know him. All right, so I'll close out with a little bit of breaking news. Um, by the time I post this podcast, it might not be breaking per se, but but as of the recording of this podcast, it is breaking news and it is big. The Abrahamic house, so the official opening of the Abrahamic house was supposed to be in September of last year, if my memory serves me correctly, but it got delayed. And then they were thinking, well, maybe it's going to open up in May. We're not sure. Well, we just got breaking news today that the Abrahamic house has officially opened in Abu Dhabi. These, again, when I talk about prophetic markers, these are all prophetic in nature because it's all pointing us in the direction of the return of Christ. I mean, the uh, if you're not familiar with the with the Abrahamic House, it's basically uh, three buildings that were the co- the construction of them were commissioned as part of the uh, as part of the Pope's initiative to kind of bring the 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 religions of the world under one covenant which is, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about what it is I'm saying right now. And I'm like, oh my God, this reads like revelation. <laughs> this seriously reads like revelation, but it's, yeah. So it's basically, um, there's a, a gathering of religious leaders and, and the Pope was definitely one of this, uh, of the people that spearheaded this initiative, but this initiative was to come up with a kind of a covenant, if you will, where they all agreed on certain or on certain spiritual things because they're trying to, they're basically trying to whitewash religion. They're trying to say that, okay, there's, there's too many religions. It's causing too much prob too many problems. So we're going to bring in one religion and have a covenant that is, um, that is an agreed upon, uh, dynamic of this religion. And it covers several dynamics of this religion that they've created, but 
uh, one, the reason why I say that this reads like, like out of revelation is because I mean, part of the last days, part, part of the great tribulation more specifically is this, this launching or of this one world, everything and one world religion is one of the primary things that is, um, that is dominant in the great tribulation. And ultimately what it does is it, it gives the antichrist the ability to control the world in this particular regard. So what you're looking at with this one world, everything is, is the wheelhouse of the antichrist as it's depicted in the book of revelation. It is literally, everything has to become, um, it has to become, and, and it has to have an, enough efficiency where the antichrist can rule the entire world. Um, in a way that makes sense in a way that is immediate in a way that, you know, kind of streamlines his ability to control everything across this planet. So when I look at these things, I look, I'm like, this is like reading out of the book of revelation. I'm not calling anybody the antichrist and the church is not going to be here to know who the antichrist is. But what I am saying is that you can see the prophetic markers of the world going in that direction that is talked about in the book of Revelation. And that is precisely what's taking place with this. So the Abrahamic house was part of this initiative. And basically it's three buildings, one's for the Jewish people, one's for um, like, they call it Christianity, but um, the way that I know Christianity, the way that I experience Christ is far different from what's being depicted here. But be that as it may, this is what they're calling it. So one house is for the Jewish people, one house is for Christianity, and one house is for Islam. This is part of the effort to try and consolidate the religions of the world. They're like, they're like physical structures that would be representative of the establishment of this covenant that the Pope made with these other religious leaders. I mean, it, we're living in massively prophetic times. The next thing that's on my, my radar in particular is I'm interested to hear more news about this high-speed rail that, that the nation of Israel wanted up and running by Passover of this year. Because they have the red heifers, the red heifers still qualify as of the recording of this message. Those five red heifers still qualify for temple sacrifice. And I haven't heard any updates about that high-speed rail, but the last one that had been talked about was Israel wanted that high-speed rail up and running by Passover of this year. Passover is not far from the recording of this message. It's in April, early April. So look, we're, I mean, we're living in prophetic times where there's a whole bunch of prophetic markers that are set to take place. There's a, a great convergence of end time related events that Jesus spoke about that would take place before he returned. What an immense honor and privilege that it is to be able to live in these days, to be able to see all of these prophetic things take place, to be standing on the brink of the return of Messiah, King Jesus. I mean, this is amazing. And I, I say this often and I hope that, um, I hope that everybody feels the sincerity in my voice. When I say this, this is the time to prepare our hearts to meet our King 
And part of that is, is absolutely relationship first and foremost with him. But it's also being busy about the father's work or business, if you will. It's being busy about what it is that the father wants us to do. So that requires us to search him out. Hey God, what is it that you would have me do in this season? I want to be a light shining in the darkness for you. I want to please you, Lord. I want to help give people answer answers to what is going on. It's an, it's an exceptionally blessed and amazing commission. I mean, we're standing on the brink of a, a, a dispensational change. The end of the church age. It's coming and Jesus is coming much sooner than I think any of us are, are realizing in this moment. So just take each day, each day and, you know, reach out to the Lord, pray, ask him, well, first, first be grateful, right? God, God is very much attracted to a grateful heart. And there are so many things that we, we are to be, that we, that we are to be grateful for. I mean, just the fact that we have running water that is, that is clean, right? Or the fact that we have a roof over our heads, the fact that we have family in our lives, the fact that, that we have, you know, heat in the winter or cool air in the summertime. These are all blessings that we oftentimes, we oftentimes don't thank God for, but Sometimes we need to. Sometimes we really need to get back to the basics and say, God, thank you for the breath that is in my lungs. Now may I serve you. Now may I serve you. You know, it's just, it's that kind of revival spirit, right? It's that revival spirit. Okay, so keep watching with me. And uh, you can find us on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And our website should be launching soon as well. Our ministry is growing and we are, we are so honored and so blessed to be able to, to talk to you about Jesus and to help, help people in this day. I mean, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. I am praying that the laborers become plentiful because, because it's, it's just such a, it's such a privilege to be able to, to serve God and to serve people. So uh, keep watching with us and until next time, God bless you and take care.